We have an incredible story of entrepreneurial resilience this week when we talk to Tomer Neuner, who lives in Stockholm. Tomer is a much-travelled entrepreneur and he has some fun stories about his experiences with a second-hand Toyota in South America. After that, he returned to Tel Aviv, started his family, and one day, frustrated while looking for a parking space, he had an idea that became the basis of his startup, Parco. He tells us how he and his team spent seven years building a successful company before eventually selling it. And there was some roller coaster ride over that time, as you will hear. He recounts how they pivoted the technology from hardware to eventually machine learning. This is very revealing and shows how they learned from market feedback and customer behavior. Also, his roller coaster ride in funding and growing the company are a testament to his dedication and resilience and shows what you need to do to be an entrepreneur. Finally, Tomer tells us about his newest venture in online maths lessons for kids, which I think is a real winner. We play out on a song of his choice, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer, Digital First Selling. During these times of COVID and falling telco sales, Digital First Selling is the answer to new customer acquisition, increasing revenues and cost reduction. If you are a telco, an MVNO or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal Digital First Selling as a Service solution for you. The Netzer Digital First Selling solution enables you to sell and onboard remotely. You will integrate with your BSS and OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so that we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution. On the podcast this week, we have a great entrepreneur called Tomer Neuner, who has an international background, as you'll hear in a second, and much traveled man. And he's going to talk about the projects he's done and the projects he's interested in. So first of all, Tomer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Pat. It's a pleasure to be here. No, great to have you. It's always, as I say before, entrepreneurs are always welcome here because it is always an interesting story. But uh, so, Tomer, I said there that you have an international background. Maybe you could tell your story of how you started off and where, where you've been and how you got to where you are. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I think actually, traveling has actually, be, has actually been a great uh, preparation for uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, and, uh, and I'll tell you why in a second. But uh, basically, um, I'm uh, born and bred uh, in uh, Johannesburg uh, in South Africa. But I've uh, been uh, living outside of South Africa now for uh, just over 15 years. And in those 15 years, I, I, spent, I spent a year in London. I spent a year traveling around Europe where I met my, my future wife. I also spent a year in, uh, in Sydney, in Australia. Mm-hmm. My wife and I, we also uh, spent a year traveling around uh, South America. Uh, okay. Before we eventually settled down in uh, Israel. And well, today we're in Stockholm. Okay, man, that's cool. South America, that's uh, one of those places I haven't really been and I'm looking forward to getting there sometime. How did you find that? Yeah, that was probably our best year. That was fantastic. I mean, we were, you know, we were still uh, young. (laughs) You're still (laughs) young? What are you talking about? But I mean, uh, you know, pre-kids. Okay, that's different, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we spent a year in South America. We bought a Toyota Land Cruiser. 
a really old one actually it's uh it's even older than i am it's a it, it was a 19, <laughs> it was a 1981 version a, a 1981 model okay uh, i'm an i'm an 82 model actually <laughs> and we actually we uh we drove through south america we did full circle we uh visited pretty much every every single country and then we uh, landed back up uh, in brazil where we actually sold it for uh, more than uh, what we bought it for uh, <laughs> although we did uh, we did spend uh, we did spend a lot of a lot of time and effort on it pretty much in every town that we went to uh, it broke down and we got to spend a lot of time getting to know uh, mechanics and uh, our uh, let's say our spanish vocabulary was very strong when it came to uh, <laughs> mechanical car parts brilliant brilliant i love it so all your friends in South America are mechanics, yeah? Yeah, but I think, you know, uh, like I said, traveling, it, um, it teaches you to, uh, to persevere. And mm -hmm. uh, you, get, you hit a lot of obstacles, just like you do uh, when you're running a company. And you need to take a lot of decisions along the way. And this uh, prepares you for it. So uh, I think traveling uh, was, I didn't know it at the time, but it was actually preparing me for, uh, for the rest of my life. Okay, well, no, yeah, I'm sure it's, you became very resilient and independent. But you, when you lived in Israel, you started a, an interesting company. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. This is uh, coming around about the time when I my first son was born. And so he was, a, he was just a youngster, just had been born. And I was really looking forward to spend uh, evenings with him. So I would, uh, I, would, I would leave work early so mm -hmm. that I could get home in time uh, to be with, uh, with him you know, for, uh, for bath time and to, uh, to put him to bed. But I was living in the, in the center of Tel Aviv, which is, uh, if you've ever been there, uh, you know that the parking problem there is really serious. So it's probably uh, the epicenter of the world's uh, parking problem. And what I was finding is that every, uh, every day when I was coming home from work, I would spend over an hour easily just circling the blocks uh, looking for parking. Mm -hmm. And by the time that I actually you know, parked the car, probably like a kilometer away, until I walked up to the apartment, you know, my son, Josh, he was already asleep, past, yeah, past, past bath time, past everything. He was already out and, you know, I'd missed it again until one day I just kind of broke and I said, okay, well, you know, I'm going to take a stab at this problem and see if I can make uh, finding park here, fi fi finding parking just a bit easier. Sure. Um, and that's, uh, that's how Parco was born. Well, the use case is to try and find free parking spaces. How did you go about that? Yeah, free parking space. It's like the holy grail, isn't it? <laughs> so we, uh, we actually initially started uh, with a hardware solution. Um, we were developing our own uh, sensors. They looked uh, pretty much like a little hockey puck, but in it was, a, uh, was an electromagnetic uh, sensor. And uh, we would go and install um, one sensor per parking spot. Mm -hmm. And the sensor would basically detect if a car was parked on top of it at the moment or not. And uh, it would communicate with our, uh, with our servers. And uh, we could uh, present this information in our app. However, since, as you can imagine, this was uh, quite a um, uh, infrastructure heavy and so not so scalable uh, solution. And so investors weren't buying it. Um, and so we ended up uh, pivoting uh, away from a hardware. We had a, uh, we had a little period where we also tried cameras, but uh, eventually we pivoted away from, uh, from hardware and we moved towards a software solution. Uh, our first software solution was basically to launch an app uh, which was uh, nicknamed uh, the Ways uh, of Parking uh, mm -hmm. because it was a crowdsourced uh, solution. Um, and basically in this, in this app, it was basically a community of uh, people living in the city that were uh, um, looking, looking for parking. 
and uh, what you could what they could do is they could actually share the information when they were leaving a parking spot uh, that a parking spot was about to become available and people that were looking for parking at that exact moment could then go and uh, grab that uh, spot and uh, we introduced some incentives in the app that would encourage you to uh, share the information that your, your, your parking spot uh, was becoming uh, available. Uh, however, that, uh, that, uh, that idea, while it did help us to raise uh, our first round of seed funding, it, uh, when we launched it, it actually didn't fly. And what we found is that people didn't actually um, you know, bother to, uh, to share the information that their parking spot uh, was uh, becoming available. And so we, we had a lack of supply uh, basically mm -hmm. in the app. And so we had to kind of uh, go back to the drawing board uh, once again. And uh, this time uh, we came up basically with some, uh, some new technology. It was an algorithm that was basically uh, running in the, back of the, uh, in, in the background in the phone. Um, it was uh, tracking different sensors in the phone, like the, um, uh, like the orientation sensor and the accelerometer in the phone, and occasionally also the GPS. Um, and we used this information from these sensors to automatically identify uh, when you were driving or when you were uh, parking and the location of where you park, um, as well as when you're walking away, away from your car and then maybe later on in the day when you're walking back to your car and then getting back in your car and actually driving off. And we would manage to detect uh, that you were uh, leaving a parking spot without you having to actually even take your phone out of your pocket. That's very slick, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was uh, quite promising actually, but um, it turns out that even with this uh, magic, um, and it worked pretty well, uh, even with this magic, it still uh, it still didn't fly. Uh, and what we found is that there's actually um, you know always um, a mismatch in terms of supply and demand. So what we found is that you know people are kind of creatures of habit, and um, it turns out that either most at any given moment, either most people are either looking for parking or most people are either leaving a parking spot. And so there's always this kind of mismatch in uh, supply and demand. So you can, you can always, um, you, can, you can never really make uh, everybody happy. Um, and so most people end up having a bad experience in the app. And so it, uh, it, uh, it, uh, it, it, it lost I, interest. I guess someone could take a spot even if you've just left it, some random character. Yeah, that's it. true. We had a lot of uh, obstacles uh, happening uh, on the way to that switch. And so you, it was, uh, you know, you basically needed a, a lot of um, stars to align uh, for that switch to, uh, to really happen successfully uh, every mm -hmm. time. Uh, and so that didn't, uh, that didn't fly. And so what we found is that we, you know, we got a lot of buzz and we got a lot of hype and a lot of people downloaded the app. We had over 100,000 users actually um, in a very short space of time that downloaded cool. it. Um, and then we were, uh, that we were uh, um, basically tracking. Um, and what we found is that uh, this data that we were collecting uh, was actually the most interesting part. And so we pivoted once more um, and this time started to use uh, uh, machine learning on this data um, to basically automatically predict uh, which streets you're more likely to find parking on and which streets you're less likely to find parking on, on, on the different times of the day. And so what we ended up with was basically a heat map, uh, very similar to um, traffic data, where we colored the streets red or orange or yellow or green according to your likelihood of finding a parking spot. So if the street was uh, red, you can forget about finding a parking spot there. <laughs> but if it was green, you're pretty much guaranteed to find at least uh, one, uh, one spot on this uh, street. That's an and amazing so story. Of that, yeah. That's an amazing story because if you think about what you guys did there, first, yeah, we started off with, like, say, the hardware solution. You ended up with the machine learning solution, and you literally – have evolved along the way your thinking your sophistication and 
but also there's a huge amount of resilience and creativity in that. That's I think is the hallmark of entrepreneurship, which I, I just find that story really amazing, Tomer. And you know, well done with coming up with a practical solution that you know satisfies people in a way that's a, a quite difficult problem, a quite difficult problem to solve. Yeah, absolutely. A startup is a is a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> Uh, but we um, uh, basically identified that this would be a fun, uh, fun project to work on. I didn't imagine it would take longer than six months or a year. Uh, little did I know that seven years later, I would still be kind of banging my head uh, trying to solve this uh, problem. We had a, um, we had a, we had a roller coaster ride uh, with Parco. Lots of ups and downs. Lots of, uh, uh, lots of fundraising. Lots of running out of money. Huh. Having to fire people. Then raising funding again, building up a whole team again, running out, uh, firing a whole bunch of people, and then you know basically repeating that over and over for about seven years, mm-hmm. um, until uh, basically you know cutting a long story short, uh, Parco eventually found a a good home uh, in in a company called Easy Park, uh, which is uh, headquartered uh, in uh, here in Stockholm in Sweden, and that's how I ended up uh, moving here. Okay, brilliant. So you certainly were on the the roller coaster there it's it must have been exhilarating and stressful uh, at the same time i guess oh yeah absolutely and how do you like stockholm yeah stockholm is uh, is good it's very different uh, to what i'm used to in, uh, in in israel and in south africa um it has its uh, pros and cons but uh you know like i said um we uh, we moved here um the plan was only to be here for uh, for one year um, and now we're here coming up on four years. So uh, I guess it's got to be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. Anytime I've been there, I've always thought that the water and the bridges and the, the buildings are fantastic. So you're, you're working uh, with Easy Park. Um, now you're thinking of a new project. Maybe you talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, it's called 101 Math. Uh, 101 Math is a, a new online math learning platform for kids ages three through 12. So basically it's one-on-one online math lessons for kids with a real math teacher. Mm-hmm. And we make it really fun and we also really personalize it for every child. It's great for if your child is falling behind or if you're looking to give your child a head start in math, or even if you're looking for, you know, you're just looking for a good educational activity to keep the kids busy for a while. So I guess it's a, it's a visual video online one-on-one, but I think you've, you've enhanced it somewhat or, or are enhancing it somewhat. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's all done over Zoom, but uh, like you say, we've, uh, we've taken it up a notch. So our vision is actually to create a world where teachers who are teaching are empowered to teach students to love learning. And so what we do is we empower teachers by equipping them with world-class fun and gamified lessons, you know, packed with engaging teaching material, the best teaching tools and top quality uh, educational games. Uh, Basically everything a teacher needs to succeed in giving real fun and engaging uh, lessons. And then we connect our teachers with students for affordable one-on-one lessons. So that through individualized instruction, every student can be the best learner they can be, uh, believe in themselves, and become all they can be. I think that's a great idea. Uh, I really like it, Tomer. I, I know my own son was getting Russian language lessons and he, they moved online and 
it was a different experience. In some ways, he enjoyed it, but in some ways, it lacked that impact of being in the same room. So uh, any way you can enhance it, enhance the experience, has got to be a winner. But I can see how maths particularly would lend itself to this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it comes, it comes from my own experience, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant. And how are you doing it? Is, are, you, are you bootstrapping at the moment? Yeah, we're totally bootstrapping it and uh, having a lot of fun. Uh, having a lot of fun not having uh, any investors to report to. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> uh, sometimes we become a necessary evil, and it's that's a difficult match, a difficult marriage to achieve, as I'm, I'm sure you know. Yeah. Okay, Tom, that's that's really interesting. So, how how do people contact you? Oh, best is just to go to our website. It's oneononemath.com. That's like the number one, oneononemath.com. Great. And any, anything special going on this week, it being Black Friday week? Yeah, well, it is, uh, it is Black Friday week, as you, as you mentioned. And so, uh, uh, and so I thought, I guess, all your, all your listeners would probably like to know about this uh, crazy Black Friday offer we've just started running. Uh, you can try three lessons free, and you can pur- purchase lessons for, get this, as little as $2 for a 25-minute lesson with a private math teacher. It's madness, I know. Well, come on down. You know, there's a salesman in there somewhere, Tomer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been great talking to you, Tomer. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. The, so I well, wish you the best of luck with that. And at this stage in the podcast, I always ask the guests if they have a song they'd like to play out on. So I'm not sure if you had a chance to think of something. Uh, let's go with uh, One Day by uh, Matisseau. I don't know that now. Um, so maybe who is Matisseau? Oh, it's a, it's a really great song. Uh, Matisseau, uh, he's got a really interesting story. I, I'm, not, I'm not an expert on it, but um, he's basically um, a uh, kind of ultra-Orthodox uh, Jew uh, turned rapper. Huh. Uh, yeah, something wow. special. <laughs> Okay, I look forward to it. I look forward to listening to that. Thanks very much, Tomer. All right. Thanks, Pat. Sometimes I lay under the moon. I thank God I'm breathing. And I pray, don't take me soon. Cause I am here for reasons Sometimes in my tears I drown But I know